Welcome everyone. Welcome Pig and welcome Jake. Hey guys, thanks for having us. Thanks for joining. Hey everybody. Thank you for having us. Excited to be here. Thank you, thank you for joining. So let's kick off uh, today's Twitter space. We have these amazing guests uh, that I'm sure we don't need to introduce to any listener. Axelar and Squid, two amazing protocols that we partner and build together uh, with the Mandy Finance team, which is with some very cool features of Mandy Finance uh, itself. So to kick, kick things off, uh, Fig, I would have a question to you. How did you come up with the idea to build Squid? Where did the whole idea came from? Well, it all came back to that, that first like, summer of DeFi back in 2020 where everyone was getting really excited about DeFi and um, we started seeing the use cases of De- of like DEXs and um, liquidity protocols, lending, everything started sort of taking, taking fire and what happened was everything got super expensive. We needed more block space, so we had more chains. Rollups became a thing. But then once you had those chains, the user experience broke down because you suddenly had to, it'd be like if you had to hack back into the, the root of your computer and start accessing it instead of using your mouse, you're using the terminal and keyboard. And so all of the headway that we'd made on use, user experience just on single chain Ethereum, we sort of had to go back to square one. And then I got really lucky to meet the Axlar team super early on in their journey. And they were, you know, leading the way in solving this problem. Um, they, they came from, the founders had found, um, co-founded Algorand and um, they knew this problem from the beginning that in order to have multiple chains, you needed some kind of messaging layer to connect all of them. We're going to need this internet infrastructure that lets you interact with blockchains just like we interact with servers and web too. So um, when, you know, I was uh, with my co-founders and a bit of a team around us already, and we started building a cross chain app and it just, the clearest thing was we needed to build something that helped user user experience. And um, the first, first thing is just getting money around. Um, so if you've got money in your wallet on one chain, you should be able to log into an application and use it in the application in one click. Um, and that's that's how Squid happened. Thank you for that uh, cool introduction. So then a question for the Axelar guys. Uh, what was, I mean, 
Fig already mentioned that he talked to you uh, very early on, but if you remember, how did Squid look like during the first time when you started talking with the team, with Fig there, and uh, how much it has changed since the, since the early iteration, since the idea? Oh, man. Um, Fig, you're probably better off to, to answer this, but... I just remember internally, uh, we were talking about cross-chain swaps and there are so many different ways to go about building them. And I remember having some conversations internally saying that like we should be consulting with each partner and figure out like which of the you know six approaches make sense given the scenario or the use case that I was so overwhelmed because like none of none of that had been productized yet. And from like a BD perspective, you know, when somebody wants a cross-chain swap, they they want a cross-chain swap, and um, you know, having to have six different calls to figure out like which way to go about it, I didn't think made a ton of sense. Uh, and then I remember like the the Squid team was working on something else before actually going out and and starting to build Squid, um, and just finding out that they they had switched and kind of pivoted into the cross-chain swap space. And I was, I was super excited to just have a team dedicated to working on it because it's really one of the, the two main use cases that we're seeing like a, a ton of traction in today. Um, and just being able to, you know, have a really strong team working on, on just that functionality has been a huge, a huge game changer for us. Yes, I think you guys also mentioned that there is a strategic importance for cross-chain swaps, hence the hence the very close relationship between Squid and Axelar. Can you expand what do you mean uh, by strategic importance for these swaps? Uh, any anyone can jump in. Um, sure. So I I think like, I mean at least for me when I joined Axelar, I thought that we were going to see a lot more applications that were like keeping most of their core application logic on one chain setting up satellite contracts and sending messages to execute functions on those satellite contracts on different chains. And we we're going to see this whole shift in like how application developers were really building and, and changing their architecture. Um, and I think we're still a ways out on that because of market conditions and the amount of time that it takes to build uh, applications like that. We're still seeing a lot of, uh, application developers just deploy on multiple different chains. Um, so that brings to light like two major use cases. One is just token bridging, right? Like these protocols that have applications on different chains want to be able to bridge their token to those different chains. So that's one of like the big table stake use cases that we're seeing. And then number two is as we you know keep on expanding and getting all into these new interesting ecosystems like Linea, uh, having these cross-chain swaps for one-click deposits is just a huge game changer from a UI perspective, right? So as people go to play around in these new ecosystems, we want them to be able to onboard as easy as possible. And the fact that Squid is able to abstract that entire process of you know going to DEXs, doing swaps, doing bridging, um, and then you know also deploying capital onto you know, whatever protocol it is, um, just being able to the, the entire space and, and helping from from a UI perspective. Fig, anything you want to add here? No, I think Jake Jake said it really well. Um, 
I mean, strategically, it, it makes sense from our perspective to be really well aligned with Axelar. So there are other bridging solutions, which are bridge aggregators. And what you end up with is, you know, in theory, you can get the best of everything, but it's a little bit of like having your cake and eat it, eating it too, because, you know, technology and really all products are about simplicity and like, and trying to reduce complexity for the user. And by adding a thousand bridges, it's, it's not in reducing complexity. Like maybe you can get a better price like every now and then, but the, um, the consistency of the experience and the reliability is like, is not worth it. Um, and it also lets us move a little bit faster. We can do these really interesting use cases, like what we're doing with you guys. Um, and that strategic, um, importance, like with, with Axlars, like is also related to this is, you know, the whole team are, um, pretty, like uh, ahead of the curve, like I said, and thinking about how cross-chain should work and how these architectures are going to play out in, in the long run. So from our perspective, just being aligned with them is um, is a really good good move because we get to you know be part of their hive mind of, of strategic thinking. And I think the whole ecosystem, um, like same as you guys, benefit from that. Um, by all sort of working together where we're moving forwards and in, in a way to improve crypto UX um, just on a whole. So I think the the Axlar effect is, has been um, something that's contributed to Squid's success in a big way. Like when we speak to partners, that a lot of the reasons we choose them is because they want to, they believe that Axlar and Squid are like experts and leaders in, in how to think about cross-chain and um, they trust that a partnership with them is going to last many years rather than is just a, a simple, you know, hack that you put into your app in the short term. Um, yeah. Yes. And it's absolutely true from Mandy point of view as well. I remember the first calls and then the meetings we had as well, uh, actually real life, which is very in crypto and web three, but we're able to meet with fig, in uh, in Paris uh, at ECC in person, and it's definitely uh, was a quick realization that using the cross chain deposit functions that you guys have built out is a huge help in an early ecosystem for a protocol that is that relies a lot on attracting a lot of liquidity. Like a well architectured dex might be able to bring good functionality with a lower amount of liquidity, but for a lending protocol, it's crucial to have deep liquidity and easy onboarding from other chains. Um, and that's what we were able to do with Squid, and that's what you can check out on the cross-chain deposit page on Mandy.finance. So question to you, Fig. Uh, how does uh, your architecture uh, is, is built out uh, just on a very high level for the users to understand the next questions? <clears throat> yeah, sure. So at the bottom of everything is Axelar. That's that's securing all the messages and providing reliable infrastructure for anything that we do across chain. So you know you've got Axelar. Axelar is a blockchain which is um, has seventy five permissionless validators running proof of stake consensus. So 
the idea being that the security is very similar to what the blockchains themselves are relying on. So by connecting them, we minimize the amount of change in security. Um, and like security is the number one thing. It's been, I, I don't know what it is now, There's at least $2.5 billion of hacks um, in cross-chain because you've had these very centralized models where you only have you know, six or seven different validators um, verifying messages. So the first, the first thing is Axla, and then the way Squid works is we simply use Axla to connect apps on different chains. And a nice way to think about it is like um, one inch. Um, one inch is a DEX aggregator, but it only works on single chains. And what you do with what one inch does is they'll route a trade via Uniswap and then Curve and then maybe PancakeSwap all in the same um, same transaction, but all in Ethereum. And they'll do that because they can combine like really good liquidity between like ETH and USDC on Uniswap and then they can get from USDC to USDT on Curve. And you can see this like modularity, this DeFi Legos idea that is behind underpins DeFi plays out really nicely in a single chain context. But then we use um, Axelar to just extend that to any chain. So any application or infrastructure which is built, being built in blockchains and we're also working outside of blockchains as well, can be combined in a single, um, to, to do a single use case for the user. Um, and this like, plays out really nicely with you guys. We, we might say you have USDC on, um, on Binance, you want to go and deposit uh, onto Mendy on Lineate. Um, then you, you want to, you can swap on um, Kyber swap and then swap on another DEX on the other side and then deposit into um, <clears throat> deposit into Mendy in a single transaction, even though it's going across chain and the user doesn't need to know it's across chain. They don't even need to know that um, the application is on a different chain to where their money is. The important thing is just you log in and you have money in your wallet and you can go and lend it uh, in one click and like in, in our case in under 20 seconds as well. Question to you, Jake. Uh, what is it that you would point out that directly enables um, Squid or protocols like Squid to emerge from the Axelar tech stack and what makes it work very well? I think that Squid's architecture is, is facilitated by um, the hub and spoke model that Axelar has. So you're able to route that AXL USDC to any chain within the network, um, which I, I think is is really interesting. And then I think the other thing that's pretty powerful is just at this point, like the distribution that we're starting to have across different blockchain ecosystems. So it's just really exciting to help the Squid team kind of plug in um, all across all across the board as uh, you know, we keep on um, just meeting meeting new projects. Um, so hope hope that helps. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, Fig, what new use cases do you see emerging with Squid 
in the future? Uh, and I mean, like, not in Squid V2, but maybe in your V4 or V5 version. <laughs> oh, no, I can't. I'm just trying to get V2 out the door, let alone V5. Um, I think, well, the a nice sort of North Star to get to is just replicating the cost and speed of Web2, but with uh, fully permissionless and um, you know, global liquidity and distribution of blockchains. So, you know, apps like Venmo, Stripe, uh, Visa, they're all the the most powerful payments networks in the world. Being able to um, log into an app and use money in, in your wallet almost instantly in any app, but also pay pay nearly nothing. So like I think we're we're waiting on roll up technology to get better and better for, for this to happen. But um, bringing gas costs down to nearly nothing and getting speeds. Um, well, I mean, to be honest, speeds on our side are, are pretty much as good as Web2 anyway. They're, they're actually better than Web2 in most cases. But um, I think it'd be fun to have um, stable coins become a bit more adopted across the board in, in crypto. And I think they might be a nice gateway for people to start using crypto products in their day-to-day -day lives. Like, um, being able to to hold hold your savings um, in a stable coin is potentially a much better user experience than having a bank account. And for people who don't have access to to banks, it's obviously the only option. But even for the people who do have access, then um, you know, going down that that route could be a really nice nice way for crypto to get some adoption and, and in that world you need to have exchanging between tokens and these stable coins might live on enterprise blockchains one day or like you want to be able to also get into the public blockchain world and um that's that's maybe a world where we're going into um from a more technical point of view i think just plugging in more and more sources of liquidity um where we're in in the intense world um already with the stuff we're doing with you guys where you can do anything on any chain but um you, we can start plugging into uh, sources of liquidity which might rival the or not rival but actually come from the traditional finance system um and so we can get into larger and larger transactions and hopefully get hopefully get businesses running not just um end users in retail uh, on using crypto That's interesting. I, I I can't wait to wait to see that. But we at Mendy we are already very happy with the with the cross chain deposits. Um, when V two rolls out, these cross chain deposits will also help our onboarding, not just from other chains, but also on the same chains. Um, so that will be also interesting and a cool improvement. But when you are building a product uh, with the cross chain deposits, and I have talked with fig um and i have talked with other people at axelar about this there are huge possibilities how you can integrate this further but there is also i i believe an ethical limit here so question to you both because i i know you are also both um heavy DeFi users um and you, you can answer your perspective on this what is the ethical limit of hiding this cross-chain deposit function in the backend? Like at some point, you need to let the end user know that 
they are maybe trading on a completely other chain. Otherwise, it's it's a bit unethical, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think it's an interesting point. Like, we haven't had to make that decision to, uh, we haven't had to make that yet because most chains are, are fairly re- robust. Most of the chains that Axlar chooses to integrate are have passed their like security due diligence, which is going to be better than you know, 99% of, of the world's due diligence. So we haven't had to make too much of a compromise there yet. But um, if we do, there's this, you can imagine this scenario where, you know, this is something we've basically already built, but you, you swap, choose to say you want to buy ETH, um, you just uh, you're new to crypto. You got some USDC on your unwrap, and you want to invest in ETH. Then Squid could probably um, we could recommend the chain that you buy ETH on, and that's where you know that's where the ethics maybe starts to come into it. And it's, I don't know if it's ethics, but it just becomes um, we're making more of a recommendation than we originally were. We're starting to recommend chain security, not just um, not just price. Um, I don't know. I think this this could probably be solved in in the usual way that we do these kinds of abstractions. Like you start by um, offering a recommendation, and then for the power users, they can dive deeper and they can choose um, where they want to buy their ETH, for example. Um, and then maybe we we have to go and go down the the route of having having some kind of knowledge base which people can pull from to know where their assets are like in in the banking world you i don't know i don't you would have in the banking world you have governments who are doing the due diligence on banks and like you can only get a registration if you're if you pass some kind of legal check but i don't know if squid wants to become that like we believe more in decentralization and permissionlessness so um yeah, it's it's an interesting question. Um, in order to improve UX, do we have to compromise on um, the, you know, do we have to start making recommendations where we prefer not to? I, I don't know. We haven't actually hit it yet, so I don't have a good answer, but those are my thoughts. Any, anything to add on this, Jake? Um, I think that the only thing to like, once you start abstracting a lot of, you know, like the user doesn't necessarily understand what's happening on the back end of a transaction like this, right? Because it's actually enabling that one click experience. So to me, like some of the kind of moral and ethical aspect of this is like tax implications that this might have on a user that they don't necessarily understand what they're doing. Um, when they, you know, sign a transaction because it is multiple steps happening in the back end that could potentially have tax implications. But until there's like a legitimate, until there's clarity on, on what those are and what they should be, um, you know, I don't think that there's like too much of an ethical dilemma as long as we're you know, doing everything as safely and securely as, as possible. Yeah, fair, fair points, fair points, both and interesting thoughts, I think, for everyone here. So one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is um, this new project with 
Squid, Axelar, and Lido. So question to you both. Can you explain a little bit the project and what is the long-term goal with that partnership? Yeah, I sure, can. Alex, yeah, oh. you want to go? Yeah, sure, I'll do it. Um, so the the what's the word? I guess the the beginning of this partnership, the idea behind it was that one of the largest volume assets for cross chain is ETH. It's what people are trying to move between rollups and um, just in general, it's like very liquid assets. So what we needed was um, a we needed liquidity on ETH. Um, between Axle ETH and ETH, because this um, that's how Squid currently works. You you have um, DEXs on every chain which have liquidity for the Axle wrapped version of ETH and and native ETH. And on the other side, you've got Lido and Kyberswap who want to be able to generate um, you know, more revenue for their holders and have yield opportunities for. Um, their, for their holders. So it worked really well in that you know, Squid generates volume. Um, we've integrated into a lot of places. We've got a, a lot of real users. And so as people moving ETH around using Squid, you, you're swapping in and out of these pools that um, are paired. Um, actually, sorry, I didn't add this, but where they're paired with wrapped staked ETH. So staked ETH is Lido's token. They're a liquid staking provider for ETH. And because staked ETH is is pegged to ETH, essentially, um, the price that you can swap it out is, is always one-to-one, and you can use really efficient DEX algorithms to swap between these assets. So so we've we've created um, native, native ETH uh, and staked ETH pools on every chain. And as... As those pools are the most efficient route, um, trades go through them, fees are generated, and these there's like more utility both for KyberSwap um, and for Lido. And you know they're both you know, amazing protocols who we're excited to be partnered with. In any case, so it's just it's just great to be working with them and also being part of Lido's cross chain strategy. Um, Lido is moving into the Cosmos, which um, is where Squid recently launched and Axel has been there for a long time. So uh, we're working with them to create a really good user experience for bridging stake teeth over into the cosmos as well. And yeah, it's been a pleasure working with those teams. Anything you want to add, Jake, on this? No, I, I think that Fig just covered it. Um, I think it's an, it's an interesting use case for Squid because uh, you have swapping involved, and I think it just um, having a a large DeFi protocol like that, trusting Axlar to um, you know bridge the token and have a lot of TVL locked up in particular contracts, I think is just kind of shows that the market is starting to understand like the power of having a blockchain actually connecting blockchains and the power of decentralization, um, which is an exciting kind of testimony for us yeah definitely definitely interesting to see how that will uh, progress in the future uh, really hungry for some alpha here but we are not getting any today um so question to you fig i also use squid um just as a user since i have met you guys and one thing i noticed 
is that in my opinion, Squid V1 was already a, a good protocol, a good use case, and then really good. But in my opinion, you made really large improvements from V1 to V2, just from a user point of view. What what's the reason behind this? What did you change in the backend that um, helped you to do this? Oh, thanks, man. Um, yeah, we we abstracted the routing, like so the the router portion of Squid Squid Router is um, can think of like it uh, think of it like Google Maps. So there are streets and traffic lights everywhere, and you know, Axel is connecting all of them. But what we are is we're effectively Uber. So we have this. Um, I'm sorry for the. The, uh, the metaphor every startup says they're Uber for this, Uber for that, but we're we're a bit like Uber, where you you say where you want to go, and we get you there in in one click. You just have to sort of accept accept the offer, um, accept the trade offer, um, and part of a big part of what Uber has um, is the ability to um, coordinate and move their cars in the most efficient way between the two different points and it's like a google google maps function and so we what we did is we we really like leveled up in the routing capability that we have and for example it wouldn't have been very easy for us to do the lido partnership if it was on v1 um just because you can it's it's just gets mathematically extremely complex to find the best path between two tokens when you can like imagine you we've connected now like 60 chains and i think we have a thousand tokens or something um so imagine trying to find like trying to test all the different paths between um two tokens and like and trying to find the most efficient one efficient route um you know it seems quite simple and maybe for like just sending usdc around it is but squid's trying to be universal you should be able to get any token anywhere so what we've done is like is is built really strong infrastructure for um for understanding liquidity and the best routes between different tokens across chains and um and then what we also did and which i'm really excited with you guys is we added the ability to do contract calls before um before a swap so previously you could only swap and then do something so you could you know you could buy an nft on another chain you can swap and then stake on another chain um you could land on another chain but now you can unstake and then swap so it's the second piece of this chain abstraction thing where you you can log into your app and with deposit and withdraw without ever knowing that you went across chain in the first place you just go to and from wherever you are um and yeah, I'm really excited about that. I think there's there's a few things that need to be added for like for us to start to really compete with Web two. Like for example, you can't do this between Cosmos and Ethereum yet. Um, you can do it on Squid, but you need you still need a wallet on Cosmos and a wallet on Ethereum, and and that's you know not not the best user experience. So we need some kind of we need wallets that support all the different environments and. Um, MetaMask Snaps has been good for that across um, different chains that's just come out and we're closely partnered with a, a team called XDeFi who make a great wallet which 
is able to sign transactions across a ton of different chains. Um, so, yeah, those two things we we did with with V two. It's also going to make us, I think, a lot faster. Everything's just the code is much more beautiful. So Squid was originally just um, you know we pushed it out as as fast as we could, and um, we've learned a lot along the way. So just making the code a lot nicer and it's going to help us ship ship faster from here on. Nice, nice. I'm definitely thankful for being able to use it uh, much more easily for transferring assets from one chain to another. Um, question to you, Jake. Um, what is Axelar's vision and what is Axelar's role in that vision uh, in shaping the future of cross-chain infrastructure? Where would you place yourself? Um. I mean, I think like any application, any chain in, in one click is is really what we're going for. So we're trying to be a core piece of infrastructure that um, abstracts blockchains away from, from the user experience in, in general, right? Like as we get more and more blockchains, um, the UI has an opportunity to get more and more complicated and also like in, insecure because of that. Uh, you know, just because of the amount of blockchains um, that need to be connected. But I think like the goal that we're all doing here is like we understand the power and like almost simplicity of blockchain and like what that can do for applications that are built solely on blockchain or just like parts of applications that should be built on um, a blockchain. But we're all kind of marching towards this vision where you know, somebody wants to use an application, they don't care what blockchain that's on. Uh, and, you know, we might have a world one day where, you know, different parts of the application stack are, are leveraging different blockchains based off of um, the features of that blockchain, right? And, and coming together in one, like, beautiful unified experience for the user. So I think that Axar is just a critical piece of, of infrastructure that is going to facilitate that world. Um, and there's a lot of services that need to be built out still that are going to help, you know, speed things up, like with the boost feature that Squid is is using to facilitate cross-chain swaps in, in under 20 seconds, right? Like having to wait 20 minutes to move something over from Ethereum is just, it's still better than a lot of like the traditional banking rails, but, you know, it's not. It's not a great user experience, especially for like a new person coming into the space and, and sitting there waiting for their transaction to be validated, thinking they lost all of their money. Um, so, you know, we're just going to, I think, keep on building out, you know, the strongest infrastructure that we can that's um, going to, you know, kind of move the space forward and, and solve a lot of the problems that, that we see and that we can solve. In your opinion, is there like a conflict between uh, Satellite and Squid? Because in my opinion, a little bit I'm leaning towards why do you need Satellite when, when you have something like Squid built on top of Axelar? Yeah, great question. I mean, we are going to be deprecating Satellite. We don't want to be managing applications. Uh, we want to be focused on on building out the infrastructure. Uh, so like all of the satellite functionality of just like traditional bridging is going to be baked into, into, I mean, it already is baked into squid. So like squid can do everything that satellite can do. 
plus more. So, um, and I think that, you know, they have a better UI and, and widgets that you can implement on your front end. So it's already better. Uh, I think satellites just been around for longer. And so like people in the cosmos ecosystem are familiar with it, but we're definitely, um, looking to have squid kind of get, get embedded everywhere rather than just be a, a third party application. Interesting, interesting. So question to you both and whoever wants to go first and start, what are the next improvements and slash products you are planning to implement? So Squid, please don't talk about V2. <laughs> if you can uh, avoid that, please tell us something uh, that is going to be potentially a product or improvement that you want to focus on after. <laughs> no more V2. Um... Uh, what are we doing? Hmm. Oh, we've got some really exciting stuff, actually. Um, I guess this is alpha. This is like I, I, we've just just done a, a live demo internally this morning. Um, so you can now mint tokens from any chain. Previously, you could buy NFTs, but it was kind of hard to to mint anything on any chain. But um, here's some alpha for anyone on the on the call. I guess where we'll be. We'll be able to partner with NFT projects on on anywhere now, um, and you'll be able to let users mint your mint your tokens in a single click from anywhere. So um, that's currently I, I see some Cosmos people on the on the call, and that's separate to Stargaze. We'll be we'll be working with Stargaze as well to do payments from anywhere, but. Um, on the EVM side, yeah, super excited about that, and um, yeah, watch out, watch out for the NFT space. Um, what else are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to improve the um, the UI a little bit with with Squid's um, swaps. It's like you can now do. Sorry to mention V2, but you can do single chain swaps now on V2 as well which was um, something you couldn't do before. So we're going to have mild like facelifts of the, of the widget so that you can go into single chain swap mode if you want, and it just starts to look like Uniswap. Um, and you can go into bridge mode as well. So because some people, even though on the Squid interface, technically you can do anything you want, you can get any token anywhere, single chain or cross chain. People just are familiar with bridge interfaces and familiar with swap interfaces, so we want to give them the option of at least doing that on the on the Squid UI. So we'll um, we'll be implementing those as well. Interesting, interesting. What about you? You uh, what about uh, you guys, Jake? Uh, so. Firstly, I think we've, I mean, we've been talking about this for a little bit publicly, but the interchain token service is going to be launching probably a month, uh, which is going to allow for permissionless token bridging, which is really exciting. Um, so there's essentially a UI that you're able to go into where you can say, you know, put in your token contract on whatever chain it's on and you know, say, I also want to be able to connect this token to all of these chains um, and then leverage something like Squid on the front end to actually facilitate all of that. But it's going to kind of launch all of those contracts and, and do everything for you in a very 
um, clean experience where like you don't need to be coding or doing anything. So like it's designed for like a business user to be able to go and um, launch interchain tokens, which is which is cool. Um, and then after that, I think the next thing is the Axlar virtual machine should be launching probably end of year, like sometime in the beginning of Q1. And what I'm excited about there is uh, the it's essentially going to allow us to be able to add chains much faster where like we don't have to be doing a lot of the work internally. We're going to be able to have um, other teams kind of launch the contracts that Axar will connect to. Uh, so it's just going to like vastly speed up our ability to add chains to the network, which I think is is really important. So more of a, a self-service model um, with a lot of automation on, on the back end. But as more and more chains keep launching, it's, you know, a lot of our engineering resources are spent just adding blockchains. And now those guys are going to be able to shift more towards like the really necessary services um, like gas fees and, and the boost services uh, to help solve a lot of the UI problems. So I'm excited to, to have that as well. That's also pretty cool, and it's also something everyone should follow, in my opinion. So yeah, um, as we are at the end of the space, um, if anyone wants to ask a question from the community, please just request it, and I will give the floor to you in a second. Um, but first, I promise to one of our community members on Discord that I will ask uh, Fig about this, if, if you are planning to make a mobile app, because they want to use a mobile app to be able to swap on your amazing application on their phone. That's what they said. And I promise that I would forward this to you in a in the form. <laughs> um, we have talked about, we've talked about making a, a mobile app. It'd be really fun. Um, but to start with, I think we're just going to try to improve the mobile support on app.squidroute.com. Um, but yeah, maybe it would be fun to do the friend tech thing. You know, you um, you do add to home screen, um, and then you get a, a purely mobile experience. I think for us, where you know it is a bear market, and we're trying to focus on just getting getting what we can live and focusing on partners. So if we can get if we can keep a a, a, mo a web app on mobile. Uh, if that's good enough, then I'd like to stick with that. But I don't know. I'd love to also hear from users. And if the mobile app is is going to make a big difference, then we're happy to happy to invest in that. So yeah, get them to jump in the Squid Discord and, and push us. Um, I'd love to chat to them. All right, I will definitely tell them. I will definitely tell them. I uh, see Upkey. Uh, okay. Uh... Someone just jumped on the stage to ask a question, but then they disappeared. Let's check if there is any question maybe on the Twitter. Nothing yet. Then I guess, guys, thank you. Thank you very much for jumping on this space. Um, I love these deep tech talks that is enabled by having Axelar and Squid here. <laughs> or maybe it's enabled by what you guys are building, which is pretty cool uh, and pretty useful for us as well. So thank you very much for being here and uh, jumping on the space with us. Thanks for having us. Nice to chat to you guys. See you. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Excited to keep working together.
Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Cheers. principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something the more like the opposite of what you want like just inevitably it kind of starts to happen there's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something the more like the opposite of what you want inevitably it kind of starts to happen chirping on the bird app listening to nerds flap wondering why the fuck my timeline's so cursed it's like everybody's holding heavy bags in web 3 that's why they can't fly they just drowning in the bird bath fishing for some dry powder watch how we ignite the tower blowing up their bank accounts forgetting how to fight the power y'all don't even realize how deep this shit goes they preach an open sauce but don't listen to the code and now it's mutiny community uprise there's no more humility futility plus size motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal which side the line you bleeding out on when the dust settles motherfucking west side shit needle and noose sticking with my armory yam beta and bruce repping psychedelic artistry believe in the truth like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue gm fam really worth all the effort is it really worth all the fighting they started using Zoom, now we finna zoom out. Teaching all these plebidites what this game's really all about. Little baby bitches when they choose to have fits. All you're left with is kibble when you lose all them bits. And that kibble's just sawdust. The shit is all rust. Not a great look, you're what we call all nuts. And I for one did not see that coming. Cracking open books, yo, that's a lot of money. Meanwhile, over here, rewiring features. More critical thinking, huh? Less knee jerk, more evolution, less shit coin preachers. Pretending to be teachers, y'all just predatory leeches. I mean, please, just look at the track record. A bunch of VC rat fucks sucking up the cheddar. The recipe is two steps rinse and repeat. Now we all in your butts and we bring in receipts. GM fam, have a seat. If you're listening to this, my, my plea to you it would be like, don't have, don't, don't have to take a side on it. Just say like, is it really, is it really worth this war of attrition? It might cost, it might cost us, us a lot more than, than what can be gained game. by like fighting this to the better end. And sometimes it's better to just like move on. Ten spaces.